going on, Cam? Uh, not much. You still have that terrifying lizard monkey on your shoulder, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like yep. he's just. I feel like he's staring at me. Yeah, yeah. Side side glance there. <laughs> Well, it cracks me up every time. <clears throat> Love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we have no notes for this episode, so this could be interesting. And I have a feeling I'm going to be t- doing a lot of talking because we're going to be talking about my experience uh, on uh, vacation this last week. And I've got opinions that I want to share. Um, some that may not be super uh, popular, but some that may be. So let's do it. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Before I get into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, or just the vacation in general. I'm interested to hear about Galaxy's Edge very much. All right. So we flew out last Monday. Last time I flew was not that bad. This time, for the most part, flying wasn't that bad, but I've realized something about myself. As I've gotten older, or I've gotten older, I have a little bit more of a control freak uh, streak in me. And I've actually become way, way worse when it comes to anxiety. We were on a, the flight down from Chicago to, cause we had to, we connected out of Chicago to, to get to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so we were on the flight from Chicago to Orlando and we got over like the panhandle of Florida and everything was nice and smooth for the most part up to this point. And we had some turbulence as we were going out over the Gulf. Because the way the way that I'm understanding it is that we went out over the Gulf of Mexico briefly and then swooped back in at another angle to come into Orlando. Mm-hmm. And um, we got over uh, the panhandle there. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, the, the whole plane just started to shift and like it dropped and and like started getting thrown back and forth. We must have hit some wind or something. And I just about lost it. <laughs> Some lady in front of me basically uh, said what I was thinking. She, she shouted out an OMG. So, and, uh, and so like all of a sudden my arms are like, I'm holding on to the, the, uh, the chair arms with a death grip. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was, it was, it was a bit of perilous and I was a little nervous after that. And then flying back here yesterday, uh, kind of had the same effect on me. I didn't sleep very well at all uh, overnight Thursday night, um, basically because I was a little worried about the flight. But that was that was not not fun. And my wife and I have both <laughs> agreed that we're going to drive down next time because for various reasons, um, not the least of it's which a is long drive. Yeah, but we we can make it. I've, I've done it before. We we drove uh, we drove down there for our uh, honeymoon so but um i'll tell you after i went to ups to send a bunch of bunch of my stuff back home here after we got done mm-hmm. at galaxy's edge and they fleeced me for 167 dollars to send all that stuff back and it wasn't even that much i mean the the lightsaber blades were were just long mm-hmm. but otherwise nothing was that heavy and actually um, I was just showing you my one of the lightsabers that I got here. Um, I brought the hilts home with me, and that was like the major, major weight. And I tried to make sure that anything that was in there didn't weigh a whole lot because I knew that they would charge us by weight. And uh, and they still fleeced me for over $160. So 
It was crazy. I mean, we put insurance on it, which was part of the cost, but Mm -hmm. it was like $130 before the insurance. But man, I don't know. That was... (laughs) I think we'd, we drive down next time. It'll be cheaper. Um, we can pretty much take whatever we want to take down there. We stayed at, uh, at club Wyndham, um, Bonnet Creek, which is right on Disney property. And that, that place is so beautiful. I was so happy with, uh, with where we stayed. Um, there were plenty. I don't know if you saw the pictures. Did I put the pictures on Instagram? I don't know that I did, Uh, but of the of the resort i remember there was a video of you like in the lazy river oh yeah, yeah. um was that at the resort that was at the resort yeah yeah i think you might have had a few other pictures of it around too but it, yeah it looked really nice yeah it is it was basically there were seven buildings that make up the resort one of those buildings was the Wyndham grand which is not part of the uh, club Wyndham resort uh what we stayed in was the timeshare part of the resort and and we did we don't own timeshare with Wyndham, but we you're able to uh to rent through them as well. So you can, you know, through the extra holidays by Wyndham, um, there's a special website that you can go to to uh to buy your your stay. So and the even though it was more than if you were just gonna stay in a hotel room, um it's it wasn't bad either. I think we paid a couple hundred bucks a night to to stay there so it wasn't bad at all and that was after taxes and all that kind of stuff so Uh so it wasn't bad but uh we got up tuesday morning and headed over to uh um, hollywood studios um, or disney hollywood studios and the first uh first thing that we did we actually took a took an uber we ubered a bunch down there which um is a mixed experience um, we had some really good drivers and we had at least one really bad driver, um, which, uh, I probably was generous giving him a three-star rating, but, um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was terrible. He got to the resort and couldn't find us first. Like he pulled up to the front gate and every other driver we had pick us up at the resort. We had him pick us up at the tower that we were staying in because there were mm-hmm. six towers and we were in tower six. And so we had them he had we had him come and pick us up right at the tower well this guy like wasn't following his gps at all you know because uh anybody who's driven for uber would know that there's there's an app that that comes with it i drove for uber a little bit in madison for a while but uh there's an app that comes with it that has uh gps in it so you just follow the gps and it's like dead simple to drive for these guys so mm-hmm. um so it would have brought him brought him right to us but this guy just wasn't, wasn't using his GPS. And so it took him, no joke, like 10 minutes once he got to the resort to find us. And he called me twice to, to try and figure out where I was and didn't speak English very well. And then, uh, and then we, um, we finally got into the car and he was taking us to Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. I'd never, had never driven in Universal Studios before. So he went, he was taking us into the uh, day parking area instead of the drop off mm-hmm. and uh and then he was all confused when the lady was um asking him to you know if they were if we had tickets and you know and they were going to give us a ticket for uh, parking 
and we're like, no, we we're here. This is a this is an Uber driver. He's dropping us off. Well, then she gives us directions to where the drop off was, and he doesn't understand any of it. So then I finally looked at him. I was like, dude, just let us out. <laughs> and I was like, and so I just had him drop us off somewhere in the in the uh, ramp, in the parking ramp. And then I was like, I was like, good luck. And I, I was done. So we we walked the rest of the way into the park, but. Um, but that wasn't too bad because he he got us close enough. But we we just had to walk it the rest of the way in. But but yeah, so you know the Ubers were hit and miss. And then the guy that picked us up from the from Universal Studios was awesome. You know he was he was probably the best driver we had all week. So but it was good. But we uh, when we went to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, the um, they just opened within the last few years, I think, this uh, Skyliner, um, where basically they're gondolas that uh, that are um, uh, your way to get around to the different parks. Mm-hmm. So the hub is right out of Disney's Caribbean Resort, which was basically you know, less than a literally less than a mile from the resort that we were staying in so the uber just had to basically take us up and around and and back over into the caribbean resort and so we hopped on and by the way one of the things that i'm super impressed about disney with is that they they understand how to get people from point a to point b like the the only lines that we stood in there were three lines that i stood in all day and the longest line was the line to get on the skyliner and they had that thing worked out like like a it was a machine how they were getting everybody to the to the uh the skyliners to get us into the parks and i want that's the longest line i've ever waited in and we were in and out of that line probably within a half an hour and uh and it was just amazing like that line never stopped moving it was it was great so once we got over to the park, we stood in line again just to get into the park. And that was maybe five minutes, maybe not even five minutes to get into the park. And then once we were in the park, like there was so few lines that we ended up having to wait in. It was it was actually such an awesome experience the way that Disney handled all of that. And I and I say that because when we get to Universal Studios in a minute, there was that place was a cluster. Uh, as far as lines and I mean I don't think we I don't think we stood in a line for less than 50 minutes all day and that's why we had we ended up leaving Universal Studios early because I was just there's so many people there it was crazy but uh Hollywood Studio or I'm sorry Hollywood Studios as a whole was really awesome uh, we we were able to walk around that park and just enjoy they were at 75 percent capacity yet because of covid mm-hmm. where universal studios was at 100 percent capacity but for us to be able to just walk around free and and basically be able to walk it walk in and out of shops without really having to stand in line and just it wasn't crowded like everything was dispersed really well and even within galaxy's edge which is arguably one of the most popular parks in in all of disney right now it wasn't really that crowded when we wanted to eat uh, we kind of picked some times that were a little different just because we were used to, we only were going to eat two meals a day while we were in the parks. So we lined up for food probably, or we, we went to look for food at probably about 10 o'clock in the morning. And then we did another meal at four thirty. And in both cases, their mobile ordering is awesome. 
So you, you, we were standing outside of the restaurant. We p- pulled up our phones. We ordered the food. And within five minutes, our food was ready. And we, we just walked right in. We got our mobile order, showed the mobile order to the guy at the, the desk or guy at the, you know, counter or whatever. And they brought out our food and we were sitting down within minutes. And nice to contrast that. We went to the Leaky Cauldron at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Universal Studios. We waited in line for an hour to just to get in. And then the food, and we did a mobile order there too. But we waited in line for about an hour. And then when they seated us, we had to scan the table um, that we were sitting at in the mobile order app. And it still took them a half an hour to get us our food. You know, so to give some kind of contrast as to what I'm talking about, where like Disney just did it so well and Universal, I don't know. I don't know what was up with that. And maybe it's, it was later in the week and I was tired and way less patient, but, um, but it was crazy just how, how much waiting there was. And we ended up not going on a lot of rides at, at Universal Studios because of how just everything was an hour wait at least. You know, I really wanted to go on the Transformers 3D ride and some other stuff and i just ended up like screw this i'm we're not standing in line for over in an hour to, to go on this five minute or less ride so i'm not a rides guy anyway i'm not a roller coaster guy so you know a lot of those i was thinking about going on the jurassic park ride not the Velocicoaster ride but there's another jurassic park like boat ride that you can go on that i thought would be fun to do but that was over an hour wait so but otherwise, once we got into Galaxy's Edge, so the whole idea behind Galaxy's Edge is that you're being transported to another planet. You're on Batu now. As you, as you walk in, you are transferred into Batu. And this is a totally different world. And they, to sell that, there's a whole separate culture here. So when you say hi to people, you say bright suns. <laughs> no and, no i don't i don't say that <laughs> and there, there's a whole different there's a whole different language and a whole different uh um just the experience is so different so as we're moving around um galaxy's edge so first off we're in the rest of disney hollywood studios and as we're approaching um and this is one of the masterful things that i just loved about this park as we're approaching the gateway to go into uh, Galaxy's Edge, I got to stop hitting my microphone here. Um, as we're approaching this gateway to go into Galaxy's Edge, um, you're hearing like jazz music from Disney Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. And so they're playing like just um, instrumental versions of like Sinatra songs. And and I heard In the Mood at one point and just like peppy, you know, jazz, jazzy tunes that kind of fit the whole like old Hollywood kind of theme of uh, Disney or Disney Hollywood studios. But as you're approaching that gateway, they've masterfully put the music at a place where that music starts to fade away. And as you're walking into the tunnel to go into galaxy's edge, the music changes to this like ethereal, like, kind of it's not even really star warsy but it's just like this transitional music that changes the mood and changes the emotion of of the the space 
And as you walk in there, it is, it feels so much like you're being transported into a different place. And they, they did such an amazing job of just making that experience. So like you are leaving this place and moving into a whole different place. Mm-hmm. And just emotionally, you felt that. And it was so, so interesting how they, they did that. And so when you walk into Galaxy's Edge, you're, you're somewhere else now. And so we walked in and, and we entered into what, what's called the resistance camp. Um, mm-hmm. So you're, you're entering in where the good guys are. And we walked through. So and, you felt out of place is what you're saying. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we walked into there and right away you can tell that everything's different. There's, there's footprints on the ground of like different droids and stuff like that. And like, like, you know, there's, everything is done so much to bring you in and the black spires that, uh, that the, the outpost is named after. So, so just you're on Batuu, but you're, you're walking into black spire outpost, which is, which is the town or, or whatever that you're in. And they're named after these black spires that stick up. Now, if you've seen any of my pictures on, on, uh, on Instagram, you've, I've took some pictures of these spires and you can see them in the background. And what those are, they're petrified trees. There's a book um, called, uh, well, it's Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire or Ed, that, that we read before we went that kind of laid out the whole of, uh, of this town. So um, trying to think of how to describe this, but it, but it was just really cool. The whole, the whole atmosphere is really cool. Um, I thought for sure that I was going to get teary eyed walking up and seeing the millennium Falcon. I didn't, but it was very <laughs> cool. Um, we got some pictures with the millennium Falcon while we were there and we saw Chewbacca and Ray and, you know, just stormtroopers and, uh, then Kylo Ren, of course, because they're not at full capacity right now. And they're still under a lot of their rules as far as a COVID goes. Um, none of the, none of the cast members actually were on the, on the grounds, like mixing with all the people they were up, up, uh, away from everybody. Um, so you didn't get to like actually interact with them that much. They were, they were up on stages or they were doing their thing, which I think kind of took away from that experience a little bit, but yeah. How, how was the, the guy in the Wookiee outfit not dead from heat stroke? I we wondered that too. I'd have to think because it was a out. full like it's movie a quality Wookiee yep. suit. Yeah, yeah. I have to think that when because they were would only come out for a little bit and then they'd go back back into the cast member area. So I've got to think that he was taking that suit off, you know, in the cast member area to cool off um, every time that he went backstage. I mean, if he wasn't doing that, that's crazy. Yeah, but. uh but I know that all the indoor areas at, at Galaxy's Edge were very well um, cooled, um, air conditioned. Nice. But uh, and as far as the masks go, you didn't have to wear masks outside. But once you went inside, you had to put masks on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you notice any of my pictures, I have my mask hanging around my neck most of the time. So, but uh, but that part of it was pretty cool. So... So I talked, did I, did I tell you about Savi's workshop that I wasn't able to get into that? Yeah. I had a time. Yeah. You said you weren't yeah. able to. So last Sunday night, 
I've been checking because I've been just obsessing over it. So last Sunday night, I, I tried again and I was like, I'm not kidding you. I have tried probably a hundred times to get into Savi's workshop. And I just about freaked out when I, when I went in and there was one appointment open. And so I mashed the button to get the appointment. And, and unfortunately, I don't know if I told you that I'd set up a, uh, a Droid Depot, um, a couple of Droid Depot appointments one where I was going to build a droid by myself. And then my, my wife was going to join us later at night mm-hmm. to, to droid, to build a droid. Well, she, she was with me for all of it, but, but she was going to be able to build a droid that night. And, uh, the appointment that I set up for the droid depot at night with her was seven thirty, And the appointment that was available at Savi's workshop was seven twenty five. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the couch with my wife and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this appointment. And I made the appointment. And then I looked over at her and I was like, okay, I have to cancel one of these appointments. How much do you want to build a droid? And she's like, eh, it's, it's okay. You know, we're going, we're going to galaxy's edge for you. If, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. And my wife is awesome. Because <laughs> The fact that she was just like, yeah, that, that's, that's okay. You know, if, if I want to build a droid at some point, we can always go back. It's not a big deal. Um, and I was, I was like, okay, great. So I canceled the droid depot. Um, appointment i had the one earlier in the day for myself too so that was fine but uh but she she sacrificed her droid depot uh, appointment so that i could do savvy's workshop so that was pretty awesome so this lightsaber hilt right here is from savvy's workshop so if you're not watching the video i can i can try and take pictures and uh put this in the show art but uh but this thing what makes this different is that you you custom build these so Savi's workshop, you basically you walk up and you have to have the appointment ahead of time. But when you walk up to pay for everything, they ask you what kind of uh, lightsaber do you want to build? So there's four different types. Um, and basically what they do is they give you what's called scrap metal. So each of these pieces just basically screws on. So what I'm screwing, I'm screwing off the pommel right now, just to show you here, but they call these, uh, they call this scrap metal, just these bits. And, uh, you, you get, um, the two pommels, two emitters is, which is what's on the other end. And then there's like four of these, these pieces here to choose from. There's a, there's a collar on each side. And then the middle piece is your switch. So, um, you get you to get a bunch of choices of how you want to build this um, within one of those categories. So this is the protect protection and defense um, style. I really like the the um, kind of I don't even know how to call it, the ornateness of these. Yeah, but it's almost got like an Art Deco feel to it. Um, the gold yeah. and the shapes, like very like vintage. Yep. Hollywood. Yeah, a, yeah. There's a copper color on here. Yeah, I really like this. This is probably more like um the lightsabers in the new High Republic um series. You know, they're more they're more like that old school look. So mm-hmm. but we got we got in and uh we're able to build the lightsaber and what a cool experience. I don't think I put the video up because the my wife took a few uh videos and I've got to edit them together to to um to post them but um what color is your uh blade 
Okay, so that's another thing to to talk about. So the color of the blade is dependent upon the kyber crystal that's in it. So mm -hmm. are you familiar with kyber crystals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So each of these blades underneath the switch um, is where the kyber crystal is. So they actually give you one to put in there. They yeah. We you oh, pick cool. your color. Yeah. So initially, I picked this kyber crystal purple nice the purple one now the reason that okay so blade colors in the star wars universe mean things so if you have a blue kyber or a blue blade now understand the the mythos behind this is that the kyber crystal picks the the jedi or or the force wielder and Sounds a lot like Harry Potter. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but basically, like you, oh, almost dropped it. Um, the Kyber Crystal um, connects with the user. So there there's a there's a kind of I don't want to use the word symbiotic relationship, but there's a connection between the two. And so it's the color of the uh, the crystal means something about about the person and and the and the crystal that it uh, connects to. So like your blue, the blue kyber, kyber is to be more like a warrior. Um, so when you see Anakin and Obi-Wan uh, have blue kyber crystals or blue blades, um, they're warriors. The green blade denotes, doesn't necessarily say that you're not a warrior, but it denotes someone who's a little bit more of like a teacher or uh, someone like a, like you they yoda. can guide you through things yeah so you have like yoda has a green blade um luke has a green blade you know there's there's that that kind of teaching aspect to it <laughs> the red the red blade they the red kyber um is actually red kybers don't happen naturally um what uh what a red and i have a red kyber crystal here because so i purchased these separately but what a what a red kyber crystal is is it's one of these other kyber crystals that has been what they call bled. So um, when a Sith uh, turns, or when a when a Jedi turns to the dark side, or a Force wheeler turns to the dark side, um, one of the things that they do with their kyber crystal is they bleed it, um, which be, which is creates the red color. And the idea behind this is they pour their hatred and their their anger into the 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 kyber crystal, and that turns it red. Um, that's the the mythos behind it. I don't know if that's ever been explored in any of the movies, but it hasn't. But uh, or in the TV show, but that's the 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 mythos behind the the lightsaber color um, of the red. So the. In relation to that, and I'm going to kind of put these away. The what I have in here is the yellow kyber crystal. I got to pop this open without dropping everything everywhere. But if you notice, here, let me get the other side off here so you can see it better. There's a uh, the uh, yellow kyber crystal that's in the middle there. So that was the, if they would have had orange, I would have went with orange, but the yellow is um, the color of a guardian. And that's kind of the idea behind this, this uh, setup anyway, this, the, uh, why I picked the protection and defense is that it's kind of the idea behind a guardian 
Um, and the only mm -hmm. place that you really see the yellow used in uh, in the um, in the movies or the TV shows is really the um, guardians of the Jedi Temple. They carried yellow lightsabers or yellow bladed lightsabers. And actually, if you go through the mythos of, and I won't go into this too deeply, but the, the mythos of the guardians um, or the guards of the, the Jedi temple, those lightsabers that they use are actually not tied to them specifically. These are weapons that they're given to, to defend the temple. Interesting. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. So in building this, there, there are two colors that are um, significant because they are, um, they are colors that are attached to someone who is somewhere in between Jedi and Sith. And the purple, um, the purple uh, Kyber is the only one that in uh, Star Wars uh, mythos is actually carried by both Sith and Jedi. So there's aren't there very rare because the idea behind this is that it's a partially blood uh blue crystal. Mm -hmm. Um so like Mace Windu, um at one point or he may have used some dark side uh abilities. So that would have affected his kyber crystal and turned it purple. There is a Sith, um, Darth Revan who carried a purple lightsaber. And in his backstory, he started as a Jedi, turned to the dark side, and then had his memory erased and returned to the Jedi Order. And at some point, he ended up with a purple lightsaber, purple and a red lightsaber. He wielded them both. Um, so that's kind of the idea behind the purple lightsaber. Um, and then the orange color was someone who was like a guardian, but had turned to the dark side, but was, or not turned to the dark side, but had walked that line of like a gray Jedi. And sometimes mm -hmm. their blade would turn orange because of the effect of the red on the, on the color of the blade. So that makes sense. Yeah. So I was going to ask you what orange meant since you yeah. said that earlier, but you just answered my questions. So now there's the white or clear crystal. This one's even more interesting. So the, so the white crystal, um, comes from a blood kyber crystal. So you have a red or possibly even a black kyber crystal, because there are very rare black kyber crystals that are blood kyber crystals. But this is a kyber crystal that was used by a Sith that was taken by a Jedi and purified so that, it, so that the red was purified out of it. And it becomes a clear white crystal. And those are rare as well. But if you watch the um, Star Wars Rebel series, um, Ahsoka carries two white blades. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, because when she, when, spoiler alert for a second season of Mandalorian, though, if you haven't seen it yet, that's on you because yeah. it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. She's got white blades in that and her, her yeah. cameo. I didn't yeah. even think, okay, yeah. interesting. So those are I just was like, oh, crystals. dope, white lightsabers. That's yep. awesome. I had no idea about the. Uh... Yeah. So so that's uh, if you ever wondered about co the colors of the lightsaber blades, that's the mythos behind them. So. But yeah, so I choose purple 
when I was in, in Savi's workshop because they did not offer the yellow or the clear or white um, as an option. They only had the blue, the green, the red, and the purple. So because purple um, was intriguing to me, I, uh, I, because that kind of like, I think if I was a Jedi, I would want to be a gray Jedi, like kind of walk the line between the two. So if you, if you wanted, like we, we were joking about uh, being, being dark side, actually the thing of it is, is like, I, I, I appreciate the fact that, uh, that the dark side has way more fun. It's way more interesting. <laughs> uh, if you, man, there's a, there's a whole show that we could do about light side, dark side, the prophecy of the, uh, the one who would bring balance to the force, all that kind of stuff. Because if you go back into the, the history of the galaxy um, or the star Wars galaxy, there is so much intriguing literature on the Sith that, uh, that when um, Darth Bane brought a, brought a, a part or when he made the rule of two, that there can only be two, a master and apprentice, Darth Bane actually started that. Before that, there were a ton of Sith, um, but he basically killed them all off, took an apprentice and, and instituted the rule of two because he saw how dangerous it was for the galaxy to have so many Sith. And the only only place where you really see that start changing is in the last uh, Rise of Skywalker movie when you get when you get to Exegol and you see the Sith uh, Legion there, Mm -hmm. where Palpatine is trying to bring back the the old. It's really never referenced, but you have so many Sith there that are uh, that are in attendance to the 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 happenings of uh, of Ray coming and all that. So. Um, I don't know if you've seen Rise Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. but yeah. you, you have those scenes at the end. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, no, super creepy, but super cool. So, yeah. But uh, but that's that's why I chose the purple, and uh, and then I was also showing you that I've got Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Um, so at uh, Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities, which uh, <laughs> which is the the shop where they sell the lightsabers and they've got, they've got a bunch of other stuff there too. Um, I really wanted to get the dark saber cause they, they just, just put out the dark saber recently. Um, but they don't have any in stock. And of course they're like, Oh, we'll, we'll have some more in stock in July. And I was like, well, I'm not coming back in July. So I'm, you know, but this is one that I really wanted to get. And a big reason why is I think this is such a cool, unique looking lightsaber hilt. Um, it's, man, if you could see this in person, you could appreciate how, how well designed this is. It's really a work of art. Um, they've got the, they've got the wire that goes across the back that almost looks like a real wire. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it is, but it, but it looks that way. I think it's just plastic, but these are metal hilts. Like these are metal lightsaber hilts and they're really well made. Uh, both of these, I put them on the scale this morning, and they are two point three, or sorry, two pounds three ounces each. So these have heft to them. Um, they're a very solid feeling, and each 
I, from what I understand, each Kyber crystal has its own sound with this hilt, with the one that I built at Savi's. And the Kylo Ren lightsaber hilt has, like, if you've watched the movies, you know that his lightsaber has a very unique, like, broken, crackly sound. What I had heard, I've never seen any of this actually explained, but what I have heard is that the reason that his blade is so rough is because when he bled his kyber crystal, he cracked it. And so it's a damaged kyber crystal. So that's why the You mean he screwed something else up? Yeah, he screwed something (laughs) else up. But uh but he cracked his his uh, kyber crystal, but but because he because of the because it was in the blade already, he left it in the blade. And that's what gave the the blade that that really rough, crackly, like flame look. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if he hadn't cracked that, it would have been more solid. So, what is really unique about this lightsaber hilt is not only does the sound the sound comes out the back end, not only does this it sound like that. That's that's where the speakers are, man. I know, but the sound comes out the back end. <laughs> Whatever. Good grief! You're 12 years old. I know, I know. Um, but when you when you light up the the blade, it actually changes. Like it has that rough kind of uh, oh, that like variance, yeah, yeah. It there's I don't want to call it animation or automation or whatever, but it looks rough. I mean, it's not quite the same as it is in the movies, but they do their best to try and um, try and duplicate that look. So, so does that one come with the side blades too? It does. Yeah. The side blades came in the container. So nice. at some point in the future, I'll, I'll show that to you. Those are last time I checked in Nashville. Um, actually, no, they, they hit Baraboo this morning. So um, I should have those on Monday. Um, but uh, and matter of fact, I can't, this one doesn't make any noise without the blades. So I can't oh, really. Yeah. Interesting. So if I turn it on, it doesn't do anything. So once I have the blades in there, it will uh, it will allow me to fire it up and it'll make the noise and the light up and everything. But but it won't doesn't work without the blades. How long are the main blades? Um, there's three different sizes that you can buy. I bought a 36 inch blade for this one. So because I because the Kylo um, saber in the movies tends to look longer than the other ones, so I. I bought the longest blade that they had, which was 36 inches. What are the other two options? Um, 31 and 26. So like the Yoda blade, I would have put a 26 inch in. Um, Ahsoka's blades are different lengths. So she would have had probably a 31 inch blade in one and a 26 inch blade in the other. Um, the Savi's lightsabers all come, come with the 26, I'm sorry, a 31 inch blade. So. Gotcha. Interesting. Yep. So yeah, I'm a little jealous that you have lightsabers. Yeah, sometime when you come over, I'll let you play with them. I had the uh, the Darth Maul lightsaber when you know Phantom Menace came out like 20 yeah. years ago, and it was you know the dual, you know, like my sister broke it in half, and I was pissed. So I'm like, well, now you have two two lightsabers. <laughs> so it would it would cost you four hundred dollars to do it, but the legacy lightsaber, um, they do have the Darth Maul available right now, but you have to buy the two sides separately, which I think is dumb, <laughs> but um, but you buy the two sides separately, and then there's a coupler that comes with them that you can put them together, 
And then if you get 36 inch blades with both, with both of them, you, you, it's like a seven foot lightsaber. <laughs> it's crazy. Come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So. No, it's, uh, yeah, I'm not spending 400 bucks on a Darth Maul lightsaber. Yeah. So also sitting on the deck desk next to me from Galaxy's Edge, we talked about the Droid Depot. I have my little BB unit that I built. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I wanted something a little bit different. And actually, if you watch in, I think it's Rise of Skywalker, um, this style makes a cameo appearance. The black um, and white and silver. I think it's this, I think it looks like this, but I'm not 100% sure. But he shows up. He's he's with the um, First Order. And he mm. would be like the other BB unit like this. There's a black one as well that you see more prominently. Mm-hmm. But this one shows up at one point. Does the now, head move at all or is it just? Yeah, I'll turn it on. I was going to, I was going to put it together and turn it on. But, oh, um, but the cent- the center piece in here, the switch is inside. So I left it on last night. So I got to turn it. It uh, goes to sleep after five minutes. And on the other side, you see that orange thing in there. Yeah. That's a personality chip. They sell six <laughs> different personality chips for them. Which one did you go with? I went with the orange one, which is a, uh, I think it's a resistance. They have two resistance, two first order, and uh, and two smuggler um, chips. So now I got the remote here. It's such a Star Wars remote, giant buttons. Yeah. We can, so now I'll hold we can develop up. we can develop ships that can travel through hyperspace, but buttons must at least be an inch wide. Yeah. And you notice the lights light up on, on uh-huh. as well when he talks. So um there's a probably like six or seven thing wait different uh things that it says. So if I'm understanding this, if I pull out, I'm going to pull out the, uh, the personality chip ones. Cause it's supposed to default to BB. Can you actually drive it though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh really? And the, how does the head stay? It's one- uh, let's just put it this way. It is not like the movies. <laughs> It does. It's it's a little weird how it's magnetic, mm-hmm. and uh, it does not it does not uh, work quite as well as you'd like it to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you take the personality chip out. Ah. Oh, I accidentally hit one of the buttons on the remote. But. So it sounds more like BB-8 mm-hmm. um, without the personality chip in it. That's funny. What are droids were available to build at the depot? What's Could you build a life-size? Could you build like a life-size IG-88 droid? Or are they all no. BBs? They had either BB units or R units, R series units. 
So you could build like an R2, R3. Those are all, but they're about the same size. Okay. Maybe just a little bit taller, but, um, but yeah, these are, these are fun. So I'm going to put him over here. My, uh, my cat who just decided it was time to wake up and get in my way here, um, likes to chew on his antenna. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that while I'm sitting here. So, so anyway so yeah so the droid the droid depot was fun too because we were able to go in and uh we got grabbed all the parts and then you you go to a conveyor that brings all the parts through and you Mm -hmm. collect your parts for your uh your units so either your bb unit or your r series unit and uh you collect all the parts that you need there's a little tray inside the uh, basket that they give you that shows what parts you need to get Mm-hmm. And then you get in line for a building station and you stand at the building station and you build the droid. And then a cast member comes over and takes the droid and puts it into this little box kind of thing. And then you hit a button to activate it. Basically what it's doing is it's pairing the Bluetooth to uh, the remote. Gotcha. That's in, in technical and technically speaking, that's what it's doing. So, um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. There's tons of videos on uh, YouTube if you want to see how it's done, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Tried the blue milk, got the collector cup. (laughs) Dude, I am such a sucker for collector's cups. And, uh, this was the collector cup that they offered. Uh, in Arabesh, it says, uh, it says, uh, Booba. Oh, let me get this right. Wamba, Booba Wamba family farms. Yes. I had to learn a little Arabesh to, to, uh, to get around droid or get around uh, galaxy's edge, <laughs> but, but this lights up too which it was so bright out. We didn't really get a lot of dark time at uh, Galaxy's Edge. Good grief, where is it? Oh, it lights up. So it's fun. But the uh, they had blue milk and green milk. And in Star Wars, in universe, the blue milk comes from Banthas and the green milk comes from those really nasty looking like big, big waterborne. That's what the, what, um, I don't know. I can't remember what they're called, but it's where uh, Luke gets his milk from on uh, Octu when when uh, in was it the Last Jedi? Oh, when he's like self isolating with those weird sea creatures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. that's where the green milk comes from. Gross. And then you can you can get the green milk with tequila in it if you choose. Which actually, I tried that. It wasn't bad. I liked it. Is is it actual milk? No. Well, yes and no. It's actually um, a blend of coconut and rice milk. And then it actually has more of a fruity flavor because they add uh, fruit flavor to it. So it's not, it, it doesn't taste like milk. Okay. Um, the blue milk has a little bit different flavor than the green milk does. The blue milk they offer with rum in it, I believe. So, um, you can get it alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So, but that's funny. 
Yeah, it's good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not super flavorful. It's not a very strong flavor, but it, but it was good. And it's it's like basically it's like a uh, kind of like a milk slushy kind of almost almost like a shake. Um, it's frozen basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's not just like a thin milk. It's actually um, it's a frozen kind of milk. So it's not quite as thick as a shake is, but it's kind of that concept. So interesting. Yeah. And then a little uh, pro tip for people. This is what they call Spira. It is a, it is the currency of Batu. And uh, it is only available at Droid Depot. It's basically a large metal, um, coin as i guess the the concept behind yeah, it. it looks like it's like the size of a dog tag yeah roughly so and it's metal and all it is is a gift card so it's got a little scan code on barcode on the back of it mm-hmm. and you put you put a hundred dollars on here they, they it's a minimum of a hundred dollars to put on this and then they charge you a five dollar activation fee and so basically five dollars for the coin and then the hundred dollars that you can use around the park so yeah that was that was my five minute he was shutting down because they go they go they go on standby after five minutes so one really cool thing that they have there when you eat at docking base seven um it used to be that they offered these uh they just get they um would put these with the meal uh, for you, but people kept stealing them, so they started selling them. This is a metal spork. I love this thing. I had the pot roast when we went to uh, Docking Bay Seven. This mm-hmm. thing worked so well for the uh, for the pot roast that you know you needed a little bit of the fork for uh, for picking apart the meat, which by the way was falling apart in my plate. Or in the plate that they gave me, it was so tender and juicy and oh, so good. Good pot roast. But then the spoon was so nice for being able to pick up. Uh, they had like little, those little, those miniature onions in there mm-hmm. that they cooked up and put in there with that. And there was other, like the, the vegetables that went with it were very unique, but, uh, but it was just, it was like the perfect utensil for eating that pot roast. And so we, my wife and I each bought one of these cause we really like them. <laughs> And no, I'm not going to tell you how much I paid for it. <laughs> and on the bag here, guess what that says? Spork. Spork. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I'm super, super excited about that. That was a cool purchase. So $25. I got, no, it wasn't that much. Okay. But I got some patches. I got some pins along with that. I got a couple t-shirts. Um yeah, I was planning on get a couple of t-shirts, so I didn't pack for two of the days for t-shirts. Where I figured well, I was gonna need like five five t-shirts. I decided to only pack three. I figured I'm gonna buy a couple of t-shirts while I'm down there. So I'm gonna save myself the the suitcase space and I'll uh buy just buy a couple of t-shirts while, while I'm down there. So I found a couple of t-shirts that I liked and yeah, it was good. So I don't have those down here with me. They're both in the laundry. So Speaking of t-shirts, 
I got my ATP t-shirt yesterday. <laughs> Thought you'd get me excited about that from the Accidental Tech Podcast. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was about to happen. You started lifting up uh, your hoodie, and it's like, uh, <laughs> oh, it's a family boy. show, Mitch. Oh, boy. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to listening to their episode about WWDC this week. It's over three hours long. So oh, boy. They have stuff to say. So Yeah, I might just okay. let you uh, digest it and tell me. I don't know if I can handle did I did I talk about my uh we talked about the quacky and monkey lizard was that on last episode or this episode I forget both I think yeah yeah well I know we talked we discussed it <laughs> so yeah so I'm su- I'm super excited about this guy cracks me up it's been sitting on my shoulder the whole episode so if you haven't seen the if you haven't seen the video maybe I should put a link to the video and I'll throw it up on YouTube so everybody can go out and check it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, that Sounds was Galaxy's like, Edge. Yeah. It was a it was a blast. I we had so much fun that day. That was all in one day. That was all in one day, man. Holy cow. Okay. Well, that was the nice thing about Galaxy's Edge too, and how Disney handles everything. You can get to everything in that little bit of time. Because we weren't stressed at all. Like there was a lot of downtime throughout the day. Um, there were some nice shops out in uh, the Hollywood studios, the main areas that we went to. And, and we did a lot that day. Um, my feet felt like it by the end of the day too, but it was, it was good. We had fun. You have any questions about anything? No, I think I, I asked them as they popped up, but you answer, actually answered a lot of the ones that I had just by explaining everything. So mm-hmm. sounds like it was fun. I'm we, jealous had we have lightsabers. Yep. And Wednesday was our anniversary day, so we spent the day at the resort. Um, we went we had to do a little bit of grocery shopping, but uh, we went and uh, we just pretty much spent the day at the resort, and we ate out on uh, on Wednesday night. So it was good. And then Thursday we went to Universal Studios, and really the only there's only a couple of things that I really have to say about Universal Studios that I haven't said already. Um, number one, they do not know how to deal with the crowds. There's no way that that space was designed for as many people as they were putting in it. Uh-huh. It was ridiculous. So every line we stood in was over was at least a, an hour long. You know, when we went to the uh, now, maybe in hindsight, I might have skipped the um, the wand uh, choosing ceremony. Um, with kids, it might be fun. They usually kid, pick a kid out of the group to to do the wand choosing ceremony which is just basically they, they choose a wand for the kid. And, uh, and like the first one they give them isn't, isn't the right one. The second one, you know, does something and doesn't, mm. doesn't work. And then the third one, of course, the the angels sing and the lights come on and it's, it's real, real special. So, but, uh, but Ollivanders, um, you know, if, if you're into it, you know, my kids, <laughs> Schroeder, I'm trying to ignore you, and you're making it very difficult. My cat is jumping up in my face here. Yes, I missed you too while you were gone, buddy. I'm gonna have to edit all this out of the podcast now. You know, I don't edit the the video that goes up on YouTube, so they'll they'll all get to see the cat jumping up in my face. He missed me a bunch. He met me at the door yesterday when I got home. I went, I went and got, uh, I, sh- I showed you this a little bit earlier, but this is the wand that I purchased. One of the two. Dude, get out of, go on. Yeah, you're causing trouble now. 
Oh, and you got the cord, my headphone cord stuck. Okay. <laughs> Agents of chaos. They are. Yes. So, um, so just a couple of things to say about, uh, about universal studios. And we went to the wizarding world, Harry Potter. Um, I got, uh, the elder wand. Um, it's not, they refer to the elder wand in the, um, in the movies, uh, this just, this is just has elder wood in it. So, or supposedly it's actually made of resin, but, um, but in the, in the movie, the elder wand is like that special wand that Dumbledore has that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's one of the deathly hallows. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but this is made of elder wood or supposedly if you want to believe that, but it has a cool little, um, if you can see right at the tip there, it's kind of hard to see, but, um, right on the tip there, there's a little infrared, uh, mm. like a little clear infrared thing. So this works on stuff around the park. Now I would have loved to have tried this, but there was a line at every spot where you could, you could stand and do, you know, wave your wand and something happened. So mm-hmm. we stood back and watched some of the kids do it, which was kind of fun. But, um, but if you waved it, like there would be one where you had to like may move in a circle and put it down and then it would do some kind of action. Something would happen. There was an umbrella, like a metal umbrella that was kind of up as a decoration that if you did the right incantation, it would like water would start falling from the umbrella, which is kind of entertaining to watch. And then there was yeah. like storefronts that had little displays that would do stuff if you waved the wand the correct way. So it was kind of fun to watch the kids have fun with that. But, and in each of these wand boxes, and this, I might, I'm thinking about framing these, but they come with a really cool map of uh, the two areas at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So on one side, it's got Hogsmeade, which is the, which is the part of the park that's over in um, the Islands of Adventure. So Mm -hmm. if you go to, if you've ever gone to Universal Studios, there's separate parks. So you buy like you can buy a one day pass for just one of those parks or mm-hmm. you can get a park to park pass that'll allow you to go to both parks. So Hogsmeade is on, is in uh, the Islands of Adventure. And then on the other side is Diagon Alley, which is in the Universal Studios, uh, Florida portion of it. Gotcha. So each one of these maps shows the the grounds of that of of that just the Harry Potter part. Mm-hmm. And then their number each area is numbered. And around the outside, you can see the green circle around the outside, or kind of greenish mm-hmm. circle. There, they have the different uh, locations around the the park that allow you to use your wand to do different things. Gotcha. And it also shows the incantation that you need to to do to make that work. So, I think that's a, it's a really cool little thing that they did in those parks. So, and then they're really beautiful maps. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, they're really nice. pretty, really well done. So, and they come with each wand, each interactive one that you buy at the parks. And from what I understand, uh, they didn't use; they used to have some uh, that that were non-interactive. Um, but I think they've switched them all to the interactive ones now. So, and then I got one of the collectible ones as well, just because I really like the look of it. It's the Lita Lita Lestrange. If you've seen, if you've seen the uh, um, Fantastic Beasts movies, Lita Lestrange is in those. I I don't recall who she is, but 
I just love the look of this wand. It's it's uh, metal. It's got some fluting around the edges, some silver accents. But I just thought it was a cool looking wand, and it's a little shorter than the other one is. So, Petrificus Totalis, or something along those lines. In this game, with another map. So if I wanna if I wanna frame both of these maps, I can. So I can have yeah, hogs meet on one. That'd be nice. Yeah. But sweet. Yeah. Wands so, and lightsabers. And, and I and I love I love the boxes. I'm a I'm a sucker for containers anyway. But these boxes <laughs> are so nice. Have we talked about that on the show before? No. Can't imagine that we have. Now I know why you're an Apple fan. Yeah, I love containers. No. Oh no, I have a collection of boxes at home here. Surprised you don't work at the container store then, Mitch. The container store is dangerous for me. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie. That's wonderful. Oh, I just remembered because I looked up over my shoulder and I saw this. Let me put him down. Um, There was a a mug or a cup that I really wanted because I saw it on a YouTube video. And of course, the first thing the dude says is, oh, they're out of stock on these. So I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to get this. They had a whole shelf of them in the market. They're um, the uh, yeah. Mythosaur um, cups. I have a trouble calling it a mug because it's really like, this isn't really a handle. But I just thought these looked really cool. And the is aging that, that's on them. It's got is the, it made out of uh, pewter? Feels like ceramic. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can actually it, drink out of it then. Yeah, but it says Mandalore Outer Rim on the back. Nice. So, and it's got it's got a logo that looks similar to the one that uh, the um, Black Spire Outpost logo. Very cool. Have you do you know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is? I think we've talked. Uh, about you it just before. mentioned him from the books. Yeah. yeah. I found this too. It's a little posable figure of Grand Admiral Thrawn. He looks like he's saying, "Star." <laughs> totally but anyway i was on the fence about whether or not to buy him and then uh my wife wanted to go back and pick up some stuff from that shop where they sold that and i thought ah what the heck i'm gonna buy that so it's cool believe it or not i came back with money i had money left (laughs) over so i'm proud of you thanks man all right Wow, it sounds like you had a wonderful time. It was awesome. I, you know, Universal Studios, if they could get their get things like straight with how they manage all the people and and all that kind of stuff, or maybe just like if they could have cut down. Basically, what I'm saying, if you're going to go to Universal Studios, don't go when it's a busy time of year because it is just a cluster there. I mean, we. My wife and I just, I mean, we were already tired from, you know, it's been, it'd been a week so far. And, you know, even with a day to relax, we were both still pretty tired. And after having the experience at Disney that we had, I just, man, it was just so frustrating because I kind of expected, and I guess I went into it with expectations that it was going to be more like Disney and it just was so frustrating to have to stand in line for an hour or more for everything when Disney really felt like it had, had it like figured out. Mm -hmm. So 
another contrast is the people that go, you know, and I, and I want to sound too judgy, but it feels like, and, and our, we were talking about talking with our Uber driver about this on the way home, way back to the resort. He, we were talking about it and he's like, yeah, you know, the, he'd worked at both parks and he's like the people that go to one park or the other park are so different. He's like the Disney people are, you know, it's almost like it's, it's the, the nicer of the folks go to Disney and like the rabble go to Universal Studios. And, and my, my wife, my wife said, so it's kind of like the difference between Walmart and Target. And he's like, oh my gosh, that is a perfect way to put it. He's like, yeah, it's more, more, you know, it's like when you go to Universal Studios, it's more like going to Walmart. When you go to Disney, it's more like going to um, Target. It's just a different kind of group of people that get attracted to the two, the two places. So yeah, I heard so much cussing at Universal Studios and I can tell you at Disney, my wife was really attuned to this because she's like, yeah, I only heard like two people cuss at, at, uh, um, at Disney. Like it just, you just didn't do that. It was, there was just a, it just seemed like there was a higher level of standard at Disney. So I don't know. I don't want to sound too judgy, but that's just our observation. Been, it's been a long time since I've been to either park. So, yeah. Last time I was at Disney, I think I was like 13 or 14. Yeah. I think the last time I was at Disney was when I was like 10 ish. So, yeah. I think, you know, and I, I told my wife this too to do it over again, we would drive down because we could bring more food with us. Because uh, staying at the resort the way that we did, you know, it was, it gave us the option to do a lot more cooking because we had a full kitchen uh, to, to cook in and, um, nice big dining room table and all that kind of stuff. So we actually could have done more cooking. Uh, and we would have had the ability to, to use the car to go places as opposed to getting Ubers. Although I still like the, I I like as the only driver in the family being able to not have to drive all everywhere, you know? So if we, I think we still would have taken an Uber to the resort or I'm sorry, to Universal um, and to uh, Disney, just because it would have been more convenient. But we mm-hmm. wouldn't have had to. You know, on, on Wednesday when we wanted to go get some groceries and stuff like that, I could have easily, we could have just hopped in the car and went and got some groceries. But um, but instead we had to we had to get an Uber for everything. So it was a little bit um, restricting as to what we could do. But I think I also might have skipped Universal. I might have like gone to Epcot or something like that. Cause I know I, when we were kids, I enjoyed Epcot a lot. So I think that would have been fun to go to Epcot instead, but no regrets, man. Just lots of, lots of things we learned while we were there. Some things that would have saved us money, you know, mm-hmm. would have been nice not to have to ship everything back and <laughs> cost us so much money, but it was good cool well what's delighting you man you got enough something else you want to talk about today i've i've talked to so much today i think you you know what's delighting me (laughs) um 
Well, I will be fully vaccinated in three days. Nice. Uh, so the that combined with you know numbers going down in you know all the right ways uh, is just I'm I'm ready to like be able to you know high five and hug and like eat dinner at someone's house or have them over to my house to cook, you know, like stuff that we've been like slowly starting to do in very Mm -hmm. small groups. But just like we used to have dinner every week before youth group with the kids. We had to stop doing that. Um, So just being able to, you know, get back to that um, feels good, you know, and to know that, that I'll be fully vaccinated on Tuesday. It'll be two weeks from my second shot on Tuesday. Like that's just feels good. Cause now here I don't have to wear a mask unless the business tells me I need to, in which case I will gladly wear my mask. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's just going to be nice, you know, to, you know, have a full sanctuary in church and, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I'm going to the formula one grand prix in October and I won't have to wear a mask and there will be people there, you know, uh, I can meet strangers, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, so that's just, I think obviously that's like long-term thing, but just because the, uh, my, my vaccination gets, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'll be fully, you know, the two week period after the shot and it will be Tuesday. So that's just kind of front of mind right now. Yeah. No, it feels nice. You know, we were fully vaccinated about a month ago, maybe. So for us to be able to just walk around and not have to worry about, like, I don't feel like I'm infecting people not wearing a mask, you know, because working in retail, it's it's like you don't know what you're running into. Mm-hmm. And so. Do you have to wear one at work still? Uh, no, no. Oh, nice. No, that changed the 19th of May, I think, if my memory serves. Something like that. So we were able to stop wearing masks. Nice. But, you know, it's it's like anywhere. If you're not fully vaccinated, they they recommend that you wear masks. But um, that was one, one other difference between uh, Disney and Universal is that Universal didn't require masks for anybody fully vaccinated. So like nobody wore masks. Yeah. You know, so you knew your vaccination card on the way in or they just no honors. Yeah. It's honor system. Yeah. So, which we all know works well in crowds of people, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you saw a few people wearing masks, but most people weren't. So cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what's delighting me, Mitch. Cool. No, that's awesome. I think we're starting to finally get past all this. We shall see. We shall. All right. Well, like, uh, like every episode, we'll remind you that uh, you can check us out on innerdialogue.show. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a lot more stuff and maybe more, uh, more talk about uh, WWDC and some of the things, some of the revelations that we've had since. Um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, you can check me out. I've got a Twitter account at, at Mitch Craig. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere, really, 
Cam Brennan. That's that's my name. And I'm uh, Radio Mitch on Instagram. If you want to see all the pictures and everything I posted with uh, from Galaxy's Edge and um, my snarky comments about Universal Studios are all up on Instagram. So I I did uh, particularly enjoy my uh, my picture of being in line. And uh, thank you for your live co- Thank you for joining me for my live coverage of Universal Studios line waiting. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It was like 90% waiting in lines. So it's crazy. Got to build the anticipation. Uh, build my boredom. That's what it was doing. So there we go. 